Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. One of the most active leaders was your informant. We've got that story plus fake rebel music. But first, we've got to get all your scamdemic updates. Billionaires combined wealth has reached record $10.2 trillion thanks to the scamdemic. This coming from TechSpot.com. COVID-19 has decimated many economies and several industries, costing millions of people their jobs. But for the world's billionaires, the scamdemic has helped their fortunes grow by more than a quarter, up to a record high of over $10 trillion. That makes the Pentagon's losses look like nothing. A study by Swiss Bank, UBS, and accounting firm Price Waterhouse Coopers, you know, they count up your Oscar votes, found that at the start of April, global billionaire wealth stood at just a mere $8 trillion. By July, following the height of the scamdemic, it had reached $10.2 trillion. Previous peak was $8.9 trillion, recorded at the end of 2017. A lot of that increase came from billionaires betting on the recovery of global stock markets when they slumped during lockdowns between March and April. You know, sort of like speculators like to drive all kinds of prices down and buy it all up for pennies on the dollar. I think kind of how the Rothschilds made their fortunes. With many governments launching stimulus packages, the markets have rebounded, leaving the rich ever richer. And isn't it really interesting how the Rona doesn't get on any of the Amazon packages or any of the money at Walmart? It only affects and seems to infect small businesses. I talked about it this morning on my morning show. McDonald's Domino's booming while your neighborhood mom and pops are pretty much going under. James? Yes, there are a few important points to be made here, one of which is that, of course, one of the people, the number two on this list of richer getting richer, is Bill Gates, of course, which, uh, once again, I mean, not that we need it, but once again, puts the lie to the ridiculous notion that Bill Gates is giving his wealth away because he cares so much about the poor brown people on the other side of the world that he says he wants to depopulate, and that's why he's in charge of global health. This doctor, oh wait, he isn't, whatever. Um, So yes, uh, this is a point that needs to be stressed again and again, because it is important. It does make a difference. And I will throw in a supplemental to that, a link to a Nation article from last week. Uh, While the poor get sick, Bill Gates just gets richer, which makes that point rather uh, effectively about his uh, investments in companies like CureVac and other things, where he is literally invested in the technologies he is now pimping. That is, again, a very blatant example of how these billionaire oligarchs are literally cashing in on this generated crisis exactly as was the plan. This is not a a bug in the system. This is a feature of the Great Reset. You don't have to go very far for that information. You can turn to COVID-19, The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab, uh, the book that he wrote about this, in which he says repeatedly, small businesses will suffer disproportionately. He talks about hospitality and retail. He talks about uh, small uh, uh, restaurants um, that are more likely to be affected by this, while the big chains will um, thrive. And that's, lo and behold, that's exactly what we're seeing. It's almost as if this is a coordinated agenda to help big business at the expense of small enterprise. And it's almost as if they know this 100%. This is not, this is not rocket science. What is So none of that is surprising to me. What is surprising, or it shouldn't be surprising really, but what is exceptionally revealing is the way that these these pretend lefty socialist types are overwhelmingly on board 
with the COVID-19 agenda and are some of the most vociferous smearers of any conspiracy theorists, oh no, conspiracy theorists, who would question whether this is part of a coordinated agenda. And uh, we all know the types that are going around doing this, the Moon of Alabamas and the Tim Andersons and the George Galloways and others who pretend to be all for the little man, but don't care at all that these lockdowns that they are 100% behind and supporting are affecting the poorest of the poor disproportionately while the richest of the rich continue getting richer on this scam. It is disgusting. It needs to be called out. And uh, anyone who doesn't recognize what is happening right now is either an idiot or a useful tool or actually part of the agenda. Take your pick. Um, But it's time to start drawing lines in the sand. And oh no, they might call me a conspiracy theorist for theorizing that there may be a conspiracy here. Oh well, so be it. I am a conspiracy theorist. And hey, let's let's look at some facts and evidence. Uh, let's start with Klaus Schwab and uh, the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset and the planned agenda that's going on here. Speaking of which, I will have a lot more to say on that tomorrow when I release a podcast on the Great Reset and the actual conspiracy that's taking place. James, I mentioned this morning on my morning show, this day in history, Mary, Queen of Scots, goes on trial for conspiracy against Queen Elizabeth I. It is part of history, conspiracy. Now, when you were talking about fake lefties, I thought you were talking about, like, fake rebel rock bands and stuff. I will rant and rave about that towards the end of this episode. But, James, you kind of remind me, on a smaller level, it's kind of like Remember Chertoff. Paranoia on one hand and then selling the naked body scanners on the other. And that is, I mean, that is piddly stuff compared to what is going on right now. But yeah, so Gates gets richer. It's like Rockefeller giving away his dimes. A couple of other scamdemic updates as, again, I think these are maybe kind of important to mention. Maybe this is all part of the propaganda and just trying to show how hard they're working on the new vaccines. Eli Lilly pauses its COVID-19 antibody trial due to safety concerns. Meanwhile, what? The folks that brought you crotch cancer and Tylenol murders? Johnson & Johnson pauses COVID-19 vaccine trial over unexplained illness. So that is just how we get rolling here on New World Next Week, episode 424, James. For this middle story, I essentially kind of gave you the option in a way to say, hey, Do you want to talk about uh, how Biden seems to be a giant international war criminal and new documents have proved it? Nah, that's old news. Let's talk about something a bit possibly more interesting, and that's that big militia bus they had just now in Michigan. What are they, the, the Wolverine watchmen basically putting together, I would say. Red Dawn and, of course, the D.C. comic book, because it's all a big media mess out there. FBI informant, one of the most active leaders pushing crackpot kidnap plot. This coming from our buddy Chris Minahan at informationliberation.com. He's been doing it, James, for nearly as long as you and I have. An FBI informant was one of the most active leaders in the alleged plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who, if you see some of the press conference stuff, She looks so excited and happy at the story. It's a little odd. There was no real plan to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer, but only military wannabes who engaged in big talk and played with guns in the woods, and that it was the informants and undercover agents who pushed others to do illegal things. One of the most active leaders was your informant, defense attorney Scott Graham said. 
And if this was another FBI frame-up, it certainly is not the first and certainly won't be the last. Although if we can expose them, there should be less of them. The FBI's affidavit revealed they had multiple informants and undercover agents involved in this operation going all the way back to June. You can look through some of the documents. There are at least two confidential human sources, possibly four. They could have arrested these saps months ago, but of course wanted to wait for, of course, maximum selection, super rage, panic. Defense says Governor Whitmer kidnap plot was just big talk between crackpots. That comes from the Detroit Free Press and really, I think, for some peak comedy, James, there are some of the exchanges in all these documents that came out that basically show two of the confidential informants, each of whom, unaware of who the other are, are trying to entrap the other. It's like those stories when cops dress up as drug dealers and try and bust other cops dressed up as drug buyers, and they all fight and shoot each other, which might be great if we weren't the collateral damage. James, this is another example. I'm not sure when I was pitching this story, had you actually heard anything about this one? Uh, yes, I have heard. I, I, I saw it developing from the beginning and I saw the this revelation. Wow, who would have guessed? The FBI were involved in busting their own plot. Um, it's actually interesting the way this story played out because uh, people who watched uh, Whitney Webb's conversation with Ryan Christian on The Last American Vagabond uh, about a week, maybe two weeks ago, they were talking and Whitney Webb was bringing up the idea, oh, you know, they're, they're going to frame white uh, supremacists working in league with ISIS or whatever shadowy terrorist organization is going to be the domestic terror boogeyman for the bioterror false flag that they are plotting. And she said, watch for it. They're going to make this the white supremacist thing. And then immediately they have this bust of these white supremacists who are going to kidnap the the governor. And then it turns out, uh, actually, they're anti-Trump and, oh, there was an FBI informant amongst them. And of course, the plot instantly disintegrates, but the original headline gets stuck in people's mind. And that's always the important point here. So as I say, not surprising at all that there happens to be FBI informants involved in the plot. Uh, but as always, there are new people in the audience who might not know about this. So I will throw a link into several of my pieces over the years documenting this phenomenon as it's played out in this age of phony terror. For example, the FBI fosters funds and equips American terrorists. Uh, There is a humorous video I did called How to Foil Your Own Terror Plot and a more substantial video about the terrorists have been identified. I'm talking about how the FBI, yes, constantly and consistently has set up its own terror plots in order to bust them, in order to make it look like A, there is a war on terror and B, they're fighting it. So... Uh, Again, this is not new, but it is the the sort of new aspect of this is the focus specifically on the domestic terror white supremacist threat that clearly is the new narrative that they're going to be pushing. And uh, researchers like Whitney Webb and others are pointing to the bioterror false flag that is clearly being set up and that they're going to try to blame on one of these groups. And in the wake of a really big bioterror false flag, Will there be time for the plot to be revealed and and understood and, oh, yeah, this guy was an informant and blah, blah, blah. Or will it be, that's it, trigger pulled and we're changing things overnight. Um, so we have to be aware of this and sounding the, the alarm about it before the next big terror uh, false flag happens. And I think these are those kind of kind of easy, perfect stories. Send the Detroit Free Press, send the most normiest news articles you can to your friends and family. She's like, man, did you see? It seems like it was all feds. And, you know, just again, trying to plant those seeds. 
It's possible, though, that the train has totally left the station, James, and things are going to get real worse real darn soon. Uh, other news about all those Wolverine watchmen. Yeah, they were going to Black Lives Matters events and, dude, Trump is not your friend. All of that. Yeah, it's all, again, essentially been documented. Speaking of documenting things, on this episode, Neural Next Week 424, our great friend and host, James Corbett, pretty much gave me the opportunity to rant about something he's known I've been kind of ranting about. So, James, did you catch, did you just happen to see that article from Brooklyn Vegan about Jello Biafra? I did not. I heard you mentioning it on Morning Marnarchy, which is why I thought, you know, maybe we should talk about this. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I wondered if you followed that website. So let, let me just, we'll set it all up. Question. How do you know when fake right is in the White House? The answer Fake Left puts out new music. So the simplified version of this, basically a bunch of bands that never said anything or say anything about war crimes with a D and a donkey after their name, they all wake up the next time the other controlled party comes in. Again, James, fortunately, we've been doing this long enough going back to the baby Bush administration. And again, talking about calling things in, in advance, you're telling you exactly the way these sort of fake party politics are going to go every four to eight years. So basically on brooklynvegan.com, one of the last few music sites I actually look at because they've all gone to garbage since Orange Man, Jello Biafra says Trump is the Gigi Allen of presidents. Now I know this might be a lot of folks you're not actually familiar with. Gigi Allen was this really kind of gross, nasty punk rock guy. And he basically made a mess of everything he touched and the music wasn't even really all that great. Jello Biafra, former lead singer of the Dead Kennedys, who I grew up listening to his wildly political spoken word albums, which stopped around 2006. He has a pretty unhinged rant Posted, of course, to Facebook, because that's where all the punks are. He wants us all to die, okay? I can't believe I'm wishing his in-house pandemic task force still had Kushner in charge. So again, if they really want to delay Barrett and the fundamentalists swiping the whole Supreme Court, I repeat, impeach Trump and force a Senate trial now. So again, if you're keeping score, this is the former lead singer of the wildly political punk rock band The Dead Kennedys, who, when the band broke up, he started to basically do spoken word albums, and he runs his own record label. He has not put out a spoken word album since 2006, his last one, of course, ranting about Baby Bush. But now he's got a new video about voting while he wears a muzzle alone and indoors. What would Jello do? Video part 85, vote defense, they call it. So basically, I've tracked James and kind of documented all these bands who never did anything while Barry's killing little kids with drone bombs, but now suddenly everything's terrible. This past summer, Jello Biafra releases first song in seven years. And what are the songs about? The Koch Brothers. Ooh, and the Tea Party. Hopefully, maybe he'll warn me about Blackwater next. It's really, actually, very kind of sad and outdated. But that's not all. There's a terrible new Sloan song called Silence Trump's Lies, which is really funny seeing as how they're from Canuckistan and can't vote on our serial killers down here anyway. Ani DeFranco releases new election song, Do or Die, because somehow violence has to be, of course, intertwined with all of this. And how about Ministry? Ministry's new song, Alert Level, samples teen activist Greta Thunberg. So I got two emails on the same day, Al Jorgensen of Ministry and Jello Biafra, 
basically both begging me to vote for the same New World Order that they used to rail against. Remember, people have heard that, the industrial metal song with Poppy Bush, a New World Order. That guy wants me to vote. That you even got so-called like alt-country stars going out of their way to call out and cancel anybody who says anything different in a friggin' song. Jason Isbell used to be in a band called Drive-By Truckers, who are also, guess what, super political now suddenly. Jason Isbell blasts Van Morrison while he covers Into the Mystic. So that is, if you didn't hear, Van Morrison release lockdown protest songs. So basically people going out of their way to make fun of people who are singing songs about, hey, maybe these lockdowns aren't really good for us. Meanwhile, he's tweeting about the Atlanta baseball team that I think many people find the mascot racist and insensitive. And these are the kids, James. That dude, is he's younger than us. They want the New World Order, and it kind of seems like they'll kill us to get it. And it goes on and on. I've been, again, tracking this since Orange Man kicked off this whole kind of new era of fake activist music. Here's, here's some more. Indie bands like Super Chunk, literally released zero music during the Obama years. They are all radio silence. Cake releases first new music in over eight years. This is a fun one. They made a benefit single and made Doctors Without Borders the beneficiary until their fans that are still around said, oh, they're human traffickers. So they switched benefit horses mid-stride to, of course, the much better Act Blue. So my thread on Cake, which will be, of course, included in the show notes, is pretty lit. It includes links to their ex-drummer, who's in prison 15 years to life for, you know, being a child molester. Like our own Brock West said, they want a president with a blue tie and a long kill list. Listen to new protest single from Perry Farrell, pirate punk politician, first music in a decade. Pearl Jam let Verizon use their new single in 5G commercials. No, not their Greta song. It's totally a different one. So meanwhile, if you've seen the Hollyweird stars are literally stripping for your attention, trying to get you to vote or possibly to just keep paying attention to them in other breaking news today, James. Ice Cube working with the Trump administration, which is pretty fun to watch. But fortunately, it's not all bootlickers. Some of them sound like they are listening to crazy alt-media like this, the Stone Roses, legendary British band. Stone Roses frontman Ian Brown claims COVID was, quote, quote, Plan, designed, and executed to make us digital slaves. And of course, let's not leave out Tool. New record for the Orange Man era. Hadn't heard anything from them for a decade plus. Remember, during the Obama drone bombing years, what was Maynard and Tool doing? They're doing their country yuck yuck band because it's all fun and games. Of course, when there's a D after their name. How's the uh, prophets of run the rage against the audio slave reunion that, again, was supposed to be perfectly timed for election year rage, but, of course, they got scamdemicked. James, there is a terrible new Public Enemy song with the surviving Beastie Boys. The funny thing is there's a new song from ACDC that's better pretty much than all these songs, and it's maybe because... They're not actually trying to be cool or trying to convince us of things or trying to cast our vote for some serial killer. And maybe this kind of hit me in the shower earlier, James. Maybe all these fake punk folks are just jealous that all us crazy 9-11 truth or conspiracy theorists actually changed the world while they all may be sold out. James, rant over. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yes, yes. I wanted that rant. You did not disappoint. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I 
I, it's at times like this that I'm glad that I have very, very few musical heroes. I have invested my identity in very few of these phony stars and their pretend rebellion. And the ones that I have invested my identity in, I'm fairly okay with. Uh, Billy Corgan t- talks about chemtrails and GMOs and stuff like that. And he's definitely uh, talked about New World Order related stuff on the right side of things. And I'd like to think that John Lennon at 80 would not be a COVID yet falling for this scam. And uh, interestingly enough, of course, on the uh, his 80th birthday, quote unquote, uh, 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 John Whitehead wrote a commentary, John Lennon at 80, one man against the deep state monster, which I'll throw in the show notes uh, just to pad this out. Um, but yeah, uh, long story short, don't invest your identity in these people that are being paraded in front of you as some sort of, oh, these are, this is a rebellion, you know? They're just trying to get that juicy teenage demographic market with dollars to spend because they know teenage rebellion is a thing that they can capitalize on. That's the old game. It's always been that way. It's all fake. These people are not really interested in changing the paradigm because they literally made their entire careers out of the paradigm as it exists. They just want that status quo and they will cling to any Biden dementia patient or whatever in order to keep that status quo and keep the dollars flowing and keep the eyeballs and ear ear holes on them. Uh, don't give it to them and uh, don't satisfy these disgusting, greedy, fake nonsense I can't even find the right word. Don't satisfy them by supporting this cash grab that they're doing uh, in order to get out the vote and all of this nonsense. Uh, reject it. So anyway, thank you for the rant, James. I appreciate that. Well, and as you're there sort of struggling for words, I was going to basically say, if you'd like to hear swear-filled versions of these sorts of rants, that's <laughs> what happens on my morning show, James. Well, and again, remember, it was just, it was four years ago that, again, Formerly venerable, independent sort of punk rock band La Tigra put out their career-destroying song, I'm With Her. They're completely toast and will never be anything again. It's really interesting to watch how many people are just willingly falling on the old election sword. So speaking of swear-filled rants, James, crazy, unbelievable horror movies about the military, oopsie, letting loose some bioweapon and then lying about it while they lock everything down, or how weird pharmaceutical products are why that baby's a mutated monster, screening horror films all month, James, as part of October in the Media Monarchy Kingdom for top-level Media Monarchy members. I, I planned it all out on purpose. It was very sort of thoughtfully curated, but each night playing these movies, they are so dead on with the scamdemic, with medical martial law, with, oops, the government did it, we'll have to nuke the town instead. The invasion, the crazies, it's alive. It has been pretty surprising, pretty surprising. So streaming so-called horror films, which again are supposed to be weird and dirty and evil, but somehow seem to tell more truth than the news, streaming those all month for Media Monarchy members. Meanwhile, it is also still news, music, memes, and more live streaming radio Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen, James. I would love for folks to come check it out. And, of course, we'll include the info about the post office box. If you would like to support James Corbett, New World Next Week, but aren't on any sort of digital PayPal, what do you have? You can just send us your dirty, dirty cash right to the post office box, James. 
All right, that's going to do it for this week, James. Thank you for the rant. And uh, I, people who are interested in this, please listen to Morning, Morning Monarchy. There is a lot more of these types of rants available. And uh, while you're at it, stay on the stream for all of the other stuff uh, that Media Monarchy broadcasts every day. James, thank you for your uh, time. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care.